0: Well, good morning, OneChurch.tv. I hope you guys have had a fantastic week. I am so excited uh, to start a new series with you today. We're calling Rescue. And uh, what this series is all about is talking about mental health. Uh, we're going to be talking about some things that, honestly, for far too long, the church has ignored. Uh, We're going to be talking about depression today, we're going to be talking about anxiety next week, and then the following week we're going to be talking about suicide, and then that last week, August the 25th, we're just going to be talking about stumbling together. Uh, Because if you think about all of us, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, all of us, we struggle through some real stuff. And uh, I am so excited today that I am teaching this uh, sermon today uh, with a really good friend, uh, Jen Min. Uh, She is a... Uh, certified biblical counselor. I want to make sure I got that right. I mean, told you to text it to me and email, and she did, and I just have brain stuff. So anyway, she's a certified biblical counselor. Uh, She's actually the author of a workbook entitled, uh, How to Help Me Help My Child, and which I need help. How many of y'all, you need help with your child? (laughs) Help me help my child, right? I'm just saying. So Jen is no stranger to OneChurch.TV. Her and her husband, uh, TJ, was actually a part of OneChurch.TV back in 2008, I want to say, before they PCS'd. And uh, we're so glad to have Jen teaching this series with me because I'll be honest with you, I know a lot of stuff about the Bible, but when it comes to anxiety and depression, even though I've experienced it, uh, she's the expert here. So I'm excited. Will you please welcome with me today, Jen Minn. Yeah, so Jen, tell me. me a little bit about your uh, a little bit about your story about your family and because uh, I didn't know you had like oh my gosh when I went to your house the other day we were working on this there's you're new like, kids all the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell me about
1: it um, so my my family has a ministry of foster care so right now we have five kids in the home I have. Two one year old girls who are forever kids for us. And then we have an elementary school, middle, and high school. And the two older are getting ready to go back to birth family. So our family grows and lets go as time passes. We've Absolutely. been at that for about 10 years
0: or so. Wow, now. 10 years. So, I did not know that. Yeah, it happens. So, man, that's amazing. So, and I, for those who do fostering, man, I just thank you for doing that, for, to be able to love on children for the little time that you have. Uh, I just can't imagine just uh, the emotional roller coaster of ups and downs. And I'm so glad that Jen is here today because today we are talking about depression. So. What is depression? Define that for us.
1: So depression is a type of sadness. It's often often accompanied by a feeling of um, discouragement and powerlessness. It's a sorrow that has no hope and feels like it's just going to go on forever. And Mm -hmm. some people experience a chronic depression, meaning like they're feeling underwater all the time. That's just where they're at. Mm -hmm. And other people kind of pop in and out of it where they're having depressive symptoms. And in those moments, it feels like it never ends, but they might pop out of it in a day and then kind of come back Mm -hmm. to it at other times. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And I know you talked about last uh, service, we talked about that whole water theme that this is on. That so many times when we need rescuing, we need somebody to come out with a helping hand, that that chronic depression just feels like you're under for days. Yeah, Under for days. A a quote, um, as I was doing research on this subject, uh, this, this is by Rollo May, depression is the inability to construct a future. And as I've been processing through that, and so many times, you know, we want to talk about, you know, what does five years from now, ten years from now look like? What does it look like when the kids are, you know, in high school or out of school? Or for so many times, many of us we can we can talk about those t- things, but when it comes to depression, it's that inability to even construct a future, to even imagine that one even exists. So, um, uh, two or three weeks ago, we were around your kitchen table and. Um, we were talking about some causes of depression. And what was that first cause that you mentioned?
1: So the first one we really dug into is worldview, which is just simply how you view the world. And everybody views the world differently, even though sometimes we have this idea that everybody sees and has the same conclusion about things. So depression would be a very normal response to the world as we know it in its broken state, separated from God, like we are under the curse from the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much a normal response to the way the world is. And mm-hmm. the only way that we shouldn't really respond in a depressive state to the world and the worldview is because of the hope that Jesus Christ has come and saved the world. And it's when we cling to that hope of heaven that we can be removed from our sense of depression if it's based on our worldview. Now, the Mm. thing about depression is it's usually more than one cause. And so if we're really down and depressed because of the way that we're seeing life, then looking at Jesus and fixing our eyes on him as the Savior and our creator and our giver of life and the hope that he gives us for the future Mm -hmm. is really the stepping out of the depression that's based on worldview. Mm -hmm. And Ephesians 2, Paul says that, don't forget that you used to be outsiders. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You lived in this world without God and without hope. And isn't it true that without God, we don't have hope? That's so right. depression is really normal. If you're in this state where you're asking yourself things like, um, "Like I can't do anything to make this right. I feel such a void in me. I look around and all I see is hurt. Like those Those perspectives would result in hmm. a sense of sadness and hopelessness. That would be normal. Um, but even in Jesus and with him, life can be overwhelming. And there's many Bible characters who we can look to and see that they experienced depression too. So we are not exempt from hope because we follow Jesus. Um, you look, you can talk about
0: this. Yeah, Job, absolutely. Moses. Yeah, Job experienced depression. How many of y'all have read the book of Job? It's kind of a depressing book. I mean, it's just like, oh, right? I'm in Jeremiah right now. I'm reading this morning before I got here. I was reading in Jeremiah, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's called the weeping prophet, right? So, I mean, there's not a lot of hope. He wrote a book called Lamentations, right? I mean, come on. It's like, what in the world? Moses struggled with depression. Uh, I tell you, uh, King David, Elijah th- th- struggled with depression. So it's, what's interesting is uh, David wrote about half of the Psalms, and about a third of the Psalms that he wrote is just about him crying out to God. Listen, this is Psalm 143, and this is what David writes. My enemy has what? chased me. He has knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I am losing all hope. There it is. I am paralyzed with fear. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I will die. You see, David had those feelings. So even, when, uh, even if you have that relationship with God, sometimes we still struggle. And just what Jen said, whether you, have the, you don't have a relationship with God, you're going to struggle. You have a relationship with God, you're going to struggle. The one thing I promise you is guess what? You're going to struggle. The question is, are you going to struggle with God yeah. and with hope or without God? and without hope. So um, David knew what it felt like to have no way out. And here's our big idea today. And it simply says this, I matter most when I make what matters the most the center of my life. One of the things that we really hope to give you hope during this series is that you would be able to see yourself the way your heavenly father sees you. He created you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He is for you, for God so love the. There you go. He is for you. And if you, I promise you this. If you see yourself the way God sees you, you're still going to struggle. But I promise you will never, ever, ever waffle on I matter to God. I have a hope and a purpose in life. So the first one is worldview. worldview sometimes our worldview, especially without God, it leaves us with no hope. But here's the second one. The second thing that can cause depression is sin. Now, we're going to be talking from two different areas, but one of the first things that you had mentioned, Jen, is that sins that we have done. And uh, you uh, said this, that many times we think something is depression when really it's just guilt. Can you kind of unpack that?
1: Yeah, so when people first come in for counseling week after week, I we do like a feelings check-in where we just ask you, how are you feeling? And there's a little wheel that helps identify different vocabulary. It seems like we have common words in society that we use for different feelings. like, oh, I'm feeling depressed. Like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Let's try to use some other words. Are you feeling apathetic? Mm. Are you feeling bored? Are you lonely? Are you miserable? Are you um, just sad? Um, Are you feeling guilty? Are you ashamed? Is is there a certain thought that's replaying in Mm. your mind? Being able to expand our vocabulary about what we mean when we say depressed can help us identify some of the root causes, um, and it can also lead us towards exposing sin in our life. And so when we choose to sin, we are choosing to kind of re-separate ourselves from God. And Mm -hmm. so when we do that, we are out from the authority of his goodness, and we will start to feel guilty, shamed, depressed. And that would be a normal response. And that response is there to help us draw back under the umbrella of God's goodness.
0: Absolutely. You know, the person that I think of most who really struggled with this because of his own sin in the Bible is the prophet Jonah. We all know the story. You know it because Jonah and the whale or big fish, exactly right. You know what's so interesting about the story of Jonah found in the book of Jonah, Jonah chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4? Everything in those four chapters is obeying God except God's person, the prophet Jonah, right? God sends a storm to try to turn Jonah around because God told Jonah, I want you to go and preach to the Ninevites to let them know that God loves them. And if they don't start doing things differently, things are not going to go well for them. And Jonah's like, deuces, I ain't doing that. Right? Because he heard another prophet at the time telling the Ninevites that they were going to come and actually uh, discipline Israel because of Israel's disobedience. So he was more patriotic than the prophet. So he says, I'm gone. And he gets on a boat, and God sends a storm, and the storm obeys. And then he says, "You know what? I would rather die than obey God." He tells the sailors, "Throw me overboard." So he has a suicidal wish. He gets, and guess what? God sends a fish to swallow him and to rescue him, and the fish obeys. And you see everything obeying in the book of Jonah except Jonah. And honestly, isn't that how it is many times with us Christians? God tells us, "I want you to do this," and we're like, "Uh huh." Yeah, I'll get to that, right? And then we wonder why we struggle with these feelings of what maybe we're calling depression, but what Jen says is in a lot of ways guilt. This is what Jonah says in Jonah chapter 4, verse 3. And Jonah's mad. He's angry. And he says, so now, Lord, take my life, for I would rather be dead than alive. And you need to know, if I was God, I'd go, wish granted. Bye. Bye, Felicia right? That's the reason why I'm not God. It's a lot of good reasons, but there's one, right? Um, So uh, this whole idea that uh, we we experience guilt when we choose to move outside of what God tells us to do. I said this last service that there's not one sin that leads to life. Did you know that? There's not one sin that leads to relational health, Or physical health or emotional health, it will always pull us away from our Heavenly Father. Now, one of the things that just blew my mind when we were talking about this is you said this, and I want to make sure I read it. You mentioned that depression can be a gift from God. What do you mean by that?
1: Okay, so we all like want to be living in the fruits of the Spirit, right? You know, like Galatians 5 labels out these beautiful fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Like, oh yeah, I want to be experiencing those. Those are good things. Mm. And there's this sense of, well, to be feeling those things, it takes keeping in step with the Spirit. And when we step out of the Spirit... Those emotions that are really hard, like depression, are actually a gift because they're showing us, no, 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 you're out of step with the Spirit. Mm. If you were feeling at peace and patient while also being living in sin, it would be harder for you to see your own sin. Mm. And so depression helps draw us into God. And in that way, anything that can be used as a tool to bring us to repentance is a gift. I almost cringe when I say that statement because I know that those who are facing depression, it doesn't feel like a gift. It feels like a curse. So I want to clarify, it is definitely part of a broken world and part of the fall of man, these feelings of depression, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. Hard does not mean bad when it comes to emotions.
0: And mm. you talk about with depression that many times if we're feeling this, it's kind of like the gauges of a car. Explain what you mean by that.
1: Oh yeah. So, you know, depress any emotion, it's like a blinking light on a dashboard of a car, right? Like you're feeling something and you're like, oh no, there's a problem. If I had a light coming on that showed me I had low air in a tire. I might be able to drive on it for a little while, but I'd know, ooh, next time I need to pull over at a gas station, put some air in that tire. And sometimes I need to do that in life. My emotions are kind of out of control. I just recognize impatience. And so I need to go over here, say a little prayer, maybe read some scripture, or look at a little verse I wrote up on the kitchen sink before I go back and speak to my children. Right? right? Like we can do those little corrections. And then some emotions are bigger gauges, like check engine, you know, like flashing lights. And those are the kinds that we need to, like, pull in for a tune-up, get some maintenance, like, address this, see what's going on under the hood. And depression is one of those more severe lights that are going on. Like, Mm. let's check what's under the hood. And so I would encourage anyone experiencing depression to go into a medical professional, go into a counselor, get this addressed, um, and not just watch the light go by.
0: Absolutely. And, guys, we know this. I mean, every 3,000 miles, what are we supposed to do? some of y'all are like, what? <laughs> That's the reason why most of y'all took the bus to church. Just saying. Say, when you, every 3,000 miles, you are to change the oil. Exactly right. And if you don't change the oil, what's going to happen? You're going to be taking the bus to church, right? Because now here's what most of us do. When it comes to emotions, the, the, those blinking lights are flashing, and we can either do a couple of things. We can either listen to it. And let's sit down with a counselor. Let's go to a a medical professional. Let's get some blood drawn. Let's talk about what's going inside of us. Or honestly, what many of us guys do when it comes to this, I'm not going to go see anybody. And we just pull the fuse out so we don't see the blinking light anymore. And that's not a fix because eventually you will be on the side of the road. You will be there. So one of the things that I think many times can get us stuck is sin. And when we choose, when God says, I want you to go this direction and we choose to do something else, it gets us stuck. And the, the, the story that makes me think about this is the story of the prodigal son, right? Uh, the, his, his father, um, uh, he says, man, I wish you were dead. And his father gives him the inheritance and he leaves his father. He leaves his community. He leaves home and he isolates himself and sin is fun for a season, but then it all comes crashing down. And here's a quote on the screen. I really want you to kind of dig into this. Sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you want to pay. Always. There's not one sin that leads to life. It always leads to death.
1: And the tricky thing about sin too, I mean, right now we're talking about sins that we've committed, but when we commit sin... We don't get to choose who it harms and who we protect mm. it from. And so the next area that we're talking about for the cause of depression is sins done to us. So all of us in this room have been hurt because somebody else's sin. Somebody has hurt us and that's a reality. And some in very detrimental ways. I have dealt with some heavy counseling cases that involve like it's almost like an emotional grenade has gone up and there's shrapnel everywhere that's taking a long time to sift through. But When it comes to sins that have been done with us, there's a responsibility to deal with that as well. Or we can expect depression to be one of the symptoms that show us like, ah, sins have been done against us.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So if the solution when we have sinned against God is to ask for God's forgiveness, and then we can experience a relief of that depression, like, you know, that gauge and the light will go Mm -hmm. off. If we have had a sin done to us, the way that we address that flashing light is to choose to forgive the person who has sinned, sinned against us. So again, if relief from depression comes when we have sinned, by asking for God's forgiveness, the way we experience relief from depression if we've been hurt is to grant forgiveness.
0: But so many times that's not what we want to do, is it? No. In fact, you said this, and I don't think it was in our notes, but you said this last uh, hour that, that forgiveness isn't a feeling. Right. Right. Explain that.
1: Right. So we're talking about depression as in its emotional state, but forgiveness is a choice. It is something we are commanded to do in Scripture. Um, I think we have a verse here that uh, Paul says in Ephesians: "Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you." That mm. we are commanded to forgive. It doesn't ever say, feel forgiveness. Um, Forgiveness, a feeling will result when we choose to forgive. And so what that could look like is saying a prayer to God. Okay, God, you know, like this person really hurt me when they lashed out in anger. And I felt like it wasn't just, please, like, Lord, I choose to forgive them. Help me not hold on to any resentment and bitterness from that.
0: You just said something, and you said it so quickly. It was so amazing that the emotions don't come with the feelings. The emotions come when you make the choice to forgive and then your feelings will follow. But so many times we allow our feelings in the driver's seat of our life. Um, A a verse that uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, Jesus said this, and this is such a difficult verse. He simply says this, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. Okay. That's what we're talking about, right? But listen this. But if you, what does it say? refuse to what? Forgive others. Your father will not forgive you. Now, that's a difficult verse, but I think what Jesus is saying is you and I won't get the benefits of forgiveness if we choose to live in the land of unforgiveness with our fellow brother and sister. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to kill over. It never happens that way. And let me tell you: unforgiveness will always poison your now. Past sins that people have done to you, if you choose not to forgive them, will poison your now. This is what Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 says. It says this: work at living at peace with everyone. How many of y'all know that's work? dear Jesus, right? (laughs) It's a lot of work. And work at living a holy life. That's a whole lot of work too, right? For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. You won't get the benefits of God's forgiveness. Look what he keeps on continuing. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive what? The grace of God. Watch out so that no poisonous root of what? That's what happens when you choose not to forgive. A poisonous root of bitterness grows up and troubles you, corrupting who? You see, unforgiveness never does stop with just you. Do you know that? It's it's like when you choose not to forgive, it's like pulling a pin on a hand grenade and you holding it next to you. It will destroy you and it will destroy those people around you. You have to. To forgive.
1: Yeah, which I think in our society of, like, victimhood, it's easy to see unforgiveness as, like, a righteous thing or, like, we can stand and identify with Mm. that. Um, And I would just caution us all that to identify it for what it is. And while you can be a victim of someone hurting you, to hold on to that as an identity is a form of pride. To hold on to any identity besides that of being a child of God is pride, including victimhood. And so I would encourage that to look at what scripture has to say about the proud and Jesus has some pretty harsh words that it hardens our heart that they will be ever ever seeing but never listening like you you have closed yep. eyes closed ears to what the spirit of god is doing and that it's a it's it's something that you know we can look at Pharaoh and be like, ooh, how did he not see what was going on with those plagues? We can look at the Pharisees and be like, oh, how could they do that to the son of God? And yet we place ourselves in the same positions. Absolutely. So just repent from that pride as well.
0: Absolutely. Pride comes before destruction and haughtiness before fall, Proverbs 16, 18. Now this yeah. third cause of depression, you had a great illustration and we actually had a clip of a movie. We really wanted to show you a big one, but tell us about this before we watch this little small one.
1: Okay. So we've had some like heavy loads just dropped on you with this talk. Um, but you all might be familiar with the movie Inside Out um, by Pixar that they put out quite a, quite a bit a while ago. A little girl named Riley and her family moves across the country and she's experiencing a host of emotions. And this movie does a great job. If you've never seen it, we're going to show you a little trailer and we encourage you to go watch it um, about just what we're talking about today.
2: Ever wonder why you feel the way you do? We'll get to know your emotions. When everything in your life is going your way, that's when joy takes control. This is joy. With an unstoppable spirit and unbeatable energy, joy brings a smile to your face, and who cares? Let's party! (laughs) when life gets you down that's when sadness takes over this is sadness with a caring touch and a kind heart sadness leaps into action to let you i said sadness leaps into action sadness oh sadness get to know all your emotions with disney pixar's inside out
0: (laughs) wow what a great clip so in this, uh, tell us, uh, in, in this movie, what's some of the things that you see about depression and how it can color everything?
1: So those little balls that she holds in the movie in her brain are memories, and things that used to be happy, once sadness takes over the controls, everything she touches starts becoming blue, and she even like, goes back into the vault of some of her core memories and starts just grabbing some of these memories, and they all turn sad, and Riley doesn't even know why. She doesn't know why it's happening. It just is. And sometimes in depression, what can happen is when we go through circumstances of either change, the loss of a job, the loss of a friend, the loss of a loved one. Um, It can be an illness. It can be really like think of any circumstances, right? Like war war is a big one in this community um, that our circumstances can cause us to be depressed, whether because of what we're seeing or because it's a change. And I think it's easy to dismiss, oh, it can't be that because we compare to something we've heard of that's mm-hmm. a bigger thing. But one of the ways you can help a friend who's who you observe is really feeling down or feeling blue, like in the movie they show her blue, is to just validate, I could totally see why you would be really sad You and point out to them things that they have going on. Because sometimes when we're feeling depressed, we don't know why we're feeling depressed. We just are depressed.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one of the things that uh, Jen just said is any change of your normal can cause this, any change of just your rhythm. Um, And one of the best books that I just love this book, and it's a little weird to say and it's definitely hard to spell, it's the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a, a man who loves God just with all of his heart, and yet he has a lot of questions for God. In fact, Habakkuk one two says this: "Why do I call for help, O God? But you do not listen." How many of y'all you felt that? I've been there. God, please, in, I mean, interrupt, in, intersect, make this right, and I and I cry out to God, and it seems like. My my prayers are just hitting the ceiling. Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. And we all have these why questions. God, why did you do this? Why did she have to pass away? Why did he have to make that awful decision? Why, why, why? And yet he he continues in a back at 1-3. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. That's Habakkuk 1.3. So he has all of these why questions. And honestly, many of us would think, well, this guy's not very spiritually. He's asking God all of these questions. Do you know the Bible never says that you can't question God? Many times we may not like the answers, or he may not even give us the answers we want. But Habakkuk loved God with all of his heart. Do you know what Habakkuk's name means? To wrestle. For some of you, you're wrestling with some really difficult stuff right now. And when we ask these why questions, honestly, they can get us stuck. This is going to be on the screen behind me, but this whole why questions can get us stuck in our pain. They can get us, keep us stuck in the past. And a better question to ask is not the why questions, because think about it, if you ask those questions, if God even told you the answer, it would probably just lead to more why questions. A better question to ask is who. Who is in control? Who will you believe in? And I believe that who, for the Christ follower, is God. So we're going to see Habakkuk at the very end of our sermon today. He, he, just, he, he does a choice, but in Habakkuk 2.1, he simply says this, God, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to be up on top, on top of the ramparts, and I am going to wait until I get an answer from you. So uh, that's Habakkuk, and that his life circumstances were all up in the air. But that fourth thing that we're going to talk about, and we rushed through this last time, so we got a little bit of time today, is health how can health cause depression?
1: So depression is a scientific term. Depression is a physiological response to many things. So it can be a side effect of a medicine. It can be caused by hormonal changes. And so that means for a woman, that can be every month, that can be after having a baby, that can be coming into puberty for either gender. Um, And it can be the cause, or it can be a parallel with many other diagnoses and illnesses, especially chronic illnesses or significant diseases like a cancer. So depression can also parallel with those. Also, even if we are experiencing depression because of other causes, um, depression's like a, a big weed with lots of roots, and it can come from mm-hmm. many places. And so funny. I would encourage anyone experiencing depression, even if you can pick at it and be like, ooh, I think this is because of a sin I'm committing, I would encourage you still reach out to a professional, uh, whether that be a therapist or medical professional. There's a reason why every time you go in for a physical now, your doctor or nurse will ask you about depressive symptoms because we want to make sure that people receive help they need. Mm. Um, In the church, this has become kind of a hot topic with regards to medicated or not medicated. You know, is is that just seen as masking the problem or is it dealing with the problem? And I would just encourage us all. Um, to bring that matter to the Lord and that it really is what we consider a disputable matter or a gray area. Scripture is not directly saying take this medication, don't take this medication. Mm-hmm. And so Romans 14 speaks to that well, as far as what we're supposed to do with disputable matters. Mm-hmm. And what we're supposed to do is pray about it. You know, do I eat meat that's been sacrificed to an idol or is that like pagan to do? Mm-hmm. That's the example he gives. Do we observe Sabbath as one day or do we incorporate rest? That's another example. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to medication and depression, I would say what what Paul says in Romans 14, which is Determine the matter of have faith with whatever your conclusion is, and then keep it between you and God. So mm. if you have a friend that is that you know is on medication, you don't really need to give your opinion about what you think about their choice for how they're handling the mm. depression. Um, or likewise, when you are making your choice between you and your medical professional, you don't really need to be worrying about what other people think about it. This is between you and the Lord. Um, again, that doesn't dismiss the other things we've talked about as far as the worldview, the sins, and the circumstances, but I think it's important and worth noting because this is something the church, you may have heard different opinions about. So.
0: Everybody's got opinions, right? Let's always come back to what God says.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So how do we cope with depression? That's a, I think that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning. How do we really cope if you're struggling with depression? You mentioned five coping tools.
1: Yeah. So tell somebody, We naturally just want to become like little hermits when we're feeling depressed and not, you know, just binge on Netflix or something. Um, But I encourage you, tell somebody if you're feeling depressed. And that might be, you know, like you might be at the step where all you can do is text a friend and just let them know. Um, But I would hope that you can get to the point where you can tell somebody that you know will take action, that you know will pray with you, that you know will help you get to professional help as well if that's something you feel like is needed. Um, So that's the tell somebody. It's a simple thing start today. Um, And I would encourage you, if somebody does tell you, if you're on the receiving end, pray with that person. The power of prayer can give a lot of hope. Like you're directing Mm -hmm. somebody to the Lord and to the word, which is living and active and able to speak to someone's heart and soul. If someone's feeling depressed, the best thing you can do is provide hope. And that hope can be just in warmly receiving, validating, and praying with that person.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, The second is to read your Bible. Mm-hmm. So just like I said, word is living and active. It can be like bread when you are about to die. When you know That's what the mm-hmm. angel brought to Jonah when that's he was right. saying, I want to die. Yep. It's bread. And the Bible is our bread of life. Right. So turn to the word of God. If you don't feel like reading it, man, there's a lot of technology. You can pull it up and force it on your ears. There's a lot of, a lot of ways to get the Bible in you when you don't feel right. like opening a book. That's right. Yeah.
0: The third you mentioned was journaling and writing down what you're grateful for. And many times this is uh, very helpful if many times it's hurt-based, if somebody's hurt you, being able to write down, okay, what am I grateful for? Because so many times, we're always the gimme, 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 and this is what I want. But just stop and say, God, this is what I'm grateful for. This is what I'm content with. So I think journaling is a, another uh, big coping tool. Uh, fourth is exercise. And we talked about this, uh, it, I mean, because you mentioned binging Netflix. If you've been binging Netflix for three days, you are going to feel bad, correct? Right? You are. Right? So, you need to get up. You need to get your endorphins moving. You need to, there's just a natural high that comes when you start moving and you get out of bed. So, uh, exercising. And then, lastly, is where we're going to spend the rest of our time on. And we're just, you have to make the choice to worship. Hear what I just said? What did I just say? You have to make the choice to worship. I told you we were going to get back to Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, verse 1, this is what it says. This prayer was sung by the prophet Habakkuk. Now, let me tell you what's happened at this point. Habakkuk's taken all of his questions to God. God really hasn't answered any of his questions. But the last chapter of the book, he starts singing. In fact, a different translation of the Bible says this. This is the Amplified. It says this uh, This prayer, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, set to, what does it say? Wild. What? Enthusiastic and triumphal music. Now, if, if Habakkuk was here, Habakkuk, what's changed? Why are you so wild and enthusiastic? Has your circumstances changed? No, nope, they haven't. Then what's changed? And he would say, I chose to worship. So if you're here today and you're struggling, we're going to just have an extended time of worship. And but as the band comes out, I want to read to you a few verses that, man, I gotta be honest with you, they're just like bread to me when you're hungry. This is Habakkuk chapter three, starting in verse 17. And listen, if, if you're a farmer, if you're a cattle rancher, if you're I mean, if you're any of these, imagine putting yourself in this situation. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. Now, can we just stop right there and say that's a bad day, right? If you own cattle and the cattle barns are empty, you ain't going to eat, right? If you're a fig picker, if you're you're a fig uh, grower and you ain't got no figs on the vine, you ain't going to be eating nothing. That's, listen to where he continues. He says, even though all that's my situation, yet I will, let's say it together, rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. So some of you are here today and you're empty. In your hands right now are empty and you feel empty. Can I give you just some words of truth this morning? Empty hands can hold a lot of blessing if you reach up to God. So here's what I'm going to ask you guys to do. I'm going to pray. The band is going to do not just one, but a couple of songs. And I'm going to invite nobody to leave. Because let me tell you, eternities are being changed right now. And some of you, you need hope. And right now, you need Jesus Christ. For others, you have Jesus and you're still struggling. We're just going to say, God, I choose to worship. So, God, right now, I pray, God, that you would give us hope. Lord, that you would allow us to be able to just be in your spirit, in this time, in your word, God. And, God, I pray, Lord, as we can just come, that we would stand with arms wide open. And, Lord, that you would come and meet us to our point of need you would heal us. For it's in Jesus' great big name that we pray and everyone said, amen.
1: Won't you guys stand up with us?
2: It never runs out on me Your love never fails, it never gives up It never runs out on me
1: says